Hello and welcome to PostgreSFM, a weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nikolai, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, finally it's my choice, and I chose a very interesting topic, weight events, and weight event types. We have two columns, ambidextrous activity. I think it's still very, uh, not very appreciated by backend engineers, first of all, because the tooling is not perfect still, in many cases. Most monitoring systems uh, don't touch this area, but they should actually. And uh, I think it's worth knowing that this thing exists and how to use it. So, wait events. I like it. So every time I pick the topic, it's boring. Every time you pick the topic, it's, it's exciting and interesting. Exactly. I see how it, I see how it yes. works. But boring topics also needed, you know. Like I cannot say it's useless. Sometimes boring is even more useful. But in this case, yeah. we have a perfect combination of entertaining and useful topic wait events. Yeah, so should we go into what they are first? Maybe why they were added, times they can be useful, that kind of thing? Yeah, so I've just learned from you that it was added in 9.6. I thought it was in 9.5. It means 2016, right? Or maybe 15. But I observed this, like since my Postgres experience is quite mature, it's 18 years old already, I can tell you that most of my Postgres life, we didn't have it. I personally used Postgres more and more and stopped using Oracle in 2004, five before I used it for a couple of years uh, when I was working in, in some companies. And I, I just thought it's fine. But then in 2014, 15, some events happened, interesting events. And actually, I'm not sure like how these events were connected, but I observed it from uh, being in the US and uh, visiting Russia back. I saw that somehow it's some, like it was connected actually to politics as well. And uh, there was a big move in Russia started to let's uh, get rid of SQL Server and Oracle and uh, use Postgres. It was after Crimea, first invasion, invasive actions from uh, aggressive Russia against Ukraine. And yeah. uh, there was an obvious thought that let's uh, use Postgres and Postgres Pro was founded. And at the same time, also at Yandex, I remember I was surprised that already for a couple of years, there was ongoing work to move to migrate from Oracle to Postgres but for economical reasons. They said actually yeah. two reasons. Economical reasons, because if you want more machines, you need to pay a lot to Oracle and also support and how they react to issues. Uh, hmm. It's very slow. And if you take Postgres, you can fix things yourself. This was second reason for them. But economical reasons were also very important. So we had a combination. Postgres Pro was founded in the with the idea, let's grow Postgres inside Russia. And was related to politics. Definitely, they have clients which, for example, I personally cannot work with Postgres Pro since last February. Like yeah. I, I just don't talk to them, actually. Because of their clients, actually, and connections and whole idea of, uh, I, I will skip it. Uh, like, I, yeah. I, I don't want to say let's keep this podcast out of politics because this is also a mistake, I think, uh, I to agree. say I, I let's. But I, I also don't want to spend the whole episode for this. But uh, so what happened? A lot of interesting companies migrated to, from Oracle to Postgres. Yes, and well, Alex they was won. one of them. Right. They wanted to. I think this is worth mentioning. And the reason this is related to weight events is that I was actually working on Oracle tooling around that time a bit before. Mm. And even it wasn't even performance related Oracle tooling. And I was aware of how much Oracle users loved 
weight events and a product called Active Ash and things. Yeah, Ash. exactly. So even I was aware of how much people loved this feature in Oracle and the moving idea of moving to, to right. you know, well, moving, so moving to a system that doesn't have some features that you absolutely love is a tough, like sometimes you're willing to do it still for cost reasons or political reasons. But if you can get that feature added, I can imagine that was a big driver for let's add the feature so that we can migrate or to make the migration less painful or maybe after migrating because it's so painful not being able to have them. Is that, does that sound about right? Right, exactly. So people with good experience of Oracle moving to Postgres uh, started to say, oh, I, I remember because I was actually doing quite successful meetups in Moscow and St. Petersburg at that time, I stole some ideas from George Berkus uh, observing it in San Francisco and brought uh, it to Moscow and at meetup.com, we quickly started to be on second place below New York, but above San Francisco. I was very proud of that. But so people coming from Oracle experience, they started to say, you know, Postgres is great, but why don't you have this? Right? They, they named several things. Among them was declarative partitioning. So yep. like, we cannot work without, without declarative partitioning. We, you have some partitioning with inheritance, but it's so silly to be at this point. Let's have declarative partitioning. And wait events. We cannot analyze performance well. PG start statements is not enough. Log analysis is not enough. We need to have wait events. At the same time, we, we discussed that JSON maybe was uh, contributed a lot. Like Crimea happened, right? And Postgres Pro, so Russia decided to, to use more Postgres. It's important. But at the same time, JSON was added. And also RDS Postgres created. Like around the same years. Like 14, yeah, yeah. 13, 14, 15, these years. And... Um, Observing all monitoring systems, I like this exercise to, to observe various monitoring systems. RDS implemented performance insights, making the bet that this is default tool for query performance analysis in RDS, performance insights. And performance insights is Oracle Active Session history, basically. These colorful graphs, which uh, work with these weight events from Postgres. But uh, to work with it, you need uh, to put it to Postgres first. And this was done, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken, by Amit Kapila and Ildus Kurbangaliev. Ildus was working at Postgres Pro at that time. And it was released in 9.6 9 in 2016, right? So that is such a good point. It was about, a reaction to criticism. Yeah. We should have it in Postgres. This was influenced by former or current Oracle users who started to work with Postgres. Declarative partitioning and this. Yeah, and I think some performance features as well, like parallel. Oh, many other things other. as yeah. well. I just want to name big things very noticeable. At the Amazon Insights, fascinating because. Amazon, of course, are also a famous Oracle user themselves that migrated to Postgres. So maybe that's to, like some... Uh, to Aurora uh, version of Postgres, but yes. So but Aurora also has performance insights. Of course. Yes. And still with weight events, of course. So it's, right. yeah, really, really interesting intertwining. So actually, we I don't think we've actually covered what weight events are and how they can be useful. Yeah, yet. let's do it. Uh, we have in documentation in Postgres, it's called cumulative statistics, but some parts of it, it's not about cumulative metrics. Uh, PGSL activity is not cumulative. It has timestamps and some current metrics. So for example, process ID, query, some timestamps, and it has two columns right now, uh, wait event type and wait event. Wait event type, it's, it's more high level thing. Only roughly 10 types exist, nine maybe. And wait event, it's like more fine-grained 
thing in which type we have many, many, many actual events possible. And what can it give to you? It can give to you the knowledge about, okay, this process ID, this Postgres backend is working with this query right now, but what is it doing? Is it doing some IO or some CPU work? Or is it waiting to acquire a lock on some row, for example, or relation like heavy lock? It's called lock, but it's heavy lock. Or it's waiting for some lightweight lock acquisition, which is actually latches, but it's in memory physical lock, right? So we have we talk about locking some uh, pages in memory buffers, buffers again, right? In this case, you will you will see in wait event type column LW lock lightweight lock, and this, this can be quite sometimes quite difficult to optimize and so on. I remember in sign nine six actually also. I think it's maybe also connected to this uh, observability improvement. There was a big uh, improvements in terms of how the buffer pool is working. I remember a post from Karatkov also together with my SQL folks, like let's achieve 100 million TPS uh, on select only workloads on one machine. And to achieve that, they need to improve the buffer pool behavior to get rid of long-lasting LW lock in weight of a type. When, like you run PGB engine, you see a lot of lightweight lock. So they have this raw data in PGSet activity, and it's already cool. But to work with it for end users, you need additional tools right now. Because despite of the fact that this chapter is called cumulative statistics, Postgres doesn't provide you cumulative metrics for this type of information, only current view. So you need to use some sampling to analyze it. Yeah, you mentioned actually quite early on that a lot of monetary tools don't offer this. I was reading a really good blog post by the team at PG Analyze who do, who added this a few That's years great. ago. Yeah. And I'll share that as well, because I think it's quite useful, even if you're not uh, using that product to get an understanding of the kinds of things this can do. Because once once you're sampling it, you can see those cumulative numbers and you can see what your standard workload looks like. And then if you've got any anomalies, you can start to dig into what are causing those and you start to see well, patterns. Yeah, in general, I, I usually not fully satisfied with any monitoring because I think only few implement very good query analysis in general. <laughs> it's, it should be done systematically with many metrics involved and uh, you, you should be able to analyze many dimensions of query analysis, including like total time, IO numbers, buffer numbers, and so on, averages, total numbers, and, and many things. And the uh, uh, weight event analysis is a very important part of query analysis. It's very like orthogonal to what the PGSA statements or log analysis may, may provide. And only few exactly implemented. RDS is a good example. I don't remember implementation of PG Analyze. I need to revisit. Maybe it's also interesting. But I would like to mention back to times before 9.6 when we didn't yes. have weight events in PGSAT activity. Uh, what happened? Okay, we have some performance issue. We identified some queries which are concerning. For example, we see they are taking three seconds. Like at night when, for example, cron job is running. During daytime, we check these queries manually right on production because we don't have database lab installed. Okay. And we see three milliseconds, like thousand times faster. What's happening? We include buffers. We see only few buffers. Okay. What's happening at night? We enable maybe explain and auto explain. Auto explain. Yeah. Auto explain with buffers enabled to understand IO numbers. Okay. We see. Three seconds. I, I'm, I'm describing recent uh, real case, actually, if you already maybe guessed. So 
we understand, okay, three seconds and only a few buffers, like 200 buffers or maybe like 100 buffers involved. What's happening, right? We don't understand. We suspected maybe at night we have some issues with dead tuples or something and like I would expect a lot of more buffers involved. Check, no. If we have database lab engine installed, we can point in time recovery to proper point and try to explain, analyze buffers, uh, look at it under some angles. But without concurrent workload, you probably won't notice a real problem using this tooling, right? Auto-explain, PGSA statements, doesn't explain where those, like, okay, we can enable track IO timing yeah, and and at least see, was it related to IO or not IO, which is good. We should do it with with double-checking. I don't remember the tool. Postgres Binaries has a tool to check timing overhead on concrete machine. PG test timing, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. So usually it's uh, you can afford it, and uh, usually we recommend to our clients, with, even with very heavy loads, to enable track IO timing to have it in PGS statements and explain everywhere. But uh, still, it, it only can tell you is it IO related or not. It's just two segments only. We we need to dive deeper and understand what happened. Maybe we had some lock waiting, like heavy lock waiting. Or maybe we had some contention in the buffer pool. Or maybe something else. It, maybe clients are very slow and we are waiting for communication with clients. Yep. And this is exactly where wait event helps. It extends query analysis from uh, only PGSTAR statements, cumulative statistics, metrics, and lock analysis like auto-explain, which is quite advanced technique as well. And I'm glad PG Badger log analysis tool still exists, developed, and it, it supports auto-explain, actually. It's good. We move from them to different dimension, orthogonal to others, and we look inside. We could look inside using perf, for example, and also answer questions, where does backend spend time executing this query? But it's hard to have it all the time, right? Actually, there, there are uh, attempts to have, using eBPF and, and so on, there are attempts to have continuous observability, perf-like, flame graph-like, and so on. There is co-root, uh, new monitoring. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Old friend of mine is developing. Actually, they developed uh, Okimeter before that. Okimeter, in my opinion, was the best implementation of query analysis for Postgres. Now, cool. so co-root, check it out. It's interesting. And they, they recently integrated with some tool which provides flame graph-like uh, analysis continuously. And in this yeah. case, maybe we, even without wait events, actually you can do it with eBPF as well and try to understand which part of Postgres code, where did you spend time for executing this query. But with wait event analysis, you have official way, but you need extra layer of tooling to have cumulative metrics and to understand historically, for example, at night, what happened. In this case, if you don't have it, my advice is to implement some like poor man's tool. You just sample it every, I don't know, 200 milliseconds or half a second. Or even or, a second, right? Like yeah. you're getting more information than nothing at that point. Yeah. Sometimes people implement it in an application layer. If you have Ruby or Python, you can do it there. And you can even combine it with additional dimensions, like which uh, module of our application was that, or URL, or part of URL. And so you can easily localize this problem and improve it. So, but in general, you need some sampling. If you have original Postgres, if it's not RDS, which has performance insights, if your monitoring doesn't provide you, you need some sampling. Or you can install 
PG Watch Postgres AI edition, which I still think we will probably bring to new PG Watch version, which is in, under development, as I know. Cool. And in this case, uh, you will... Ah, and you need to install extension PG weight sampling. So there is extension PG weight sampling developed by Alexander Korotkov when he was working at Postgres Pro. So this extension again from Postgres Pro. Or you can use also PG Sentinel. There is additional extension from uh, uh, engineer who, and as I know, works at, at, at AWS team. I might be mistaken. Sorry, I forgot name. Sorry. We actually interact in tw on Twitter and so on quite often, but I, I'm very bad in, uh, with names. Sorry. So there are, you can use either PG Sentinel or PG Web Sampling to have better sampling inside Postgres. If you can install extensions, that's great. Because, for example, PGWet sampling by default will sample every 10 milliseconds, oh, wow. accumulating everything inside. You won't miss anything, actually, in, with this approach, right? Because if you do infrequent sampling, you can miss important information. If your query is very fast, you have fast spikes, very acute, you can miss them. I'm guessing the overhead's pretty low of this kind of thing. Oh, Speaking of overhead, you can you need to take care of proper uh, cleanup for PG weight sampling. Mm -hmm. It can be very detailed information per process ID even, but you yeah. usually don't need it. You need it per query ID to be able to draw a rough pie chart using weight event type or detailed pie chart fine grained using weight event. And understand, okay, this query usually spends this. Oh, it also has history, so you can understand what happened at night, finally, with this query. And if you install PGWatch sampling, uh, PGWatch sampling plus PGWatch 2 Postgres edition, you will have colorful graphs similar to performance insights. And everything is open source and free right now. So it allows you to build uh, your, like, it can be your second monitoring. For example, some of our clients, they have Datadoc. And we, in terms of consulting, we tell them, it's okay to have second monitoring, sometimes even third, because with Datadoc, you don't have it, and Postgres is improving, database monitoring is improving inside Datadoc, but still very far from being ideal. So it's, it doesn't hurt, actually, to have this monitoring, probably using pool approach. And so PG wet sampling collects samples every 10 milliseconds, and then your agent, being outside your, of your Postgres machines, pulls this data every la lazily, like every 10 seconds or even every minute. But since we have internal sampling very frequent, we observe all queries quite well. Right? So this can be improved inside Postgres, I think. These metrics should be probably start to be cumulative. There should be some efforts maybe ongoing. Do you know? I No, I don't. I think I got excited briefly while I was preparing for this, but I was getting confused with the Postgres 16 recent edition of PG Stat.io. So I think there are... Oh, no, it's different. Yeah. I, know, I, know it's, I know it's different, but uh, I briefly got confused. So it's, it feels like people are investing in these system views, though, for better observability. So hopefully at some point yeah, that that's will come. Great. Well, worth mentioning that this is not like from zero to one and that's it. Yeah, when yeah. weight events appeared, uh, this number of weight events tracked were much smaller than right now. Some Postgres versions had improvements yeah. since then, and it's growing area. Yeah, we were just looking at the docs, weren't we? And I think there's like well over 100 different uh, types. Um, More than 100, definitely, yeah. yes. So a lot of them. So if we if we do start monitoring this ourselves, like are we going to even notice any overhead? Is it going to be like super low? 
It depends on how you do it. Uh, with PG wet sampling, you can have some overhead. You need to take care of uh, cleaning up, uh, not to exceed some uh, uh, memory allocated for it, shared memory allocated. So yeah. I, I don't remember details, and uh, but you need to pay attention to this area. But if pro if it's properly tuned, the overhead is very low. It's just something right. that collects uh, data from persistent activity. That's it. So it's not a big deal. If you do it yourself, like poor man's implementation on your application code, like every second or so, well, it's just some query to PG start activity. I just must warn you that you cannot use now. If you use now and apply it to calculate intervals with, for example, query start or exact start when transaction started or something like this, you sometimes will have negative values because... Because while you are reading persistent activity, persistent activity is it's not a table, it's not a regular table. You don't, you're not dealing with some consistent snapshot. If you have a lot of backends, a lot of entries in persistent activity, while you are reading them, your time is shifting. And first timestamps and last timestamps, they are from different point in, points in time of reality. So you need to use clock timestamp. So every row you will have new. Now, uh, function now in Postgres, it provides you timestamp for the beginning of transaction, your transaction. Yep. So it's always some constant single value for all. But for if you use clock timestamp, you have it for each row, new value each time. There is overhead of calculating new timestamp, but it's quite low also. Cool, good tip. I'm thinking so we can, we can monitor this and then look back historically. We can look at active connections and see, like diagnose issues live. And the other big use case I saw for this, uh, see people using this for like diagnosing complex issues. Like if you've got, uh, well, locking issues, I guess, uh, dead locking like, and locks and locking. things like that. Yeah. Well, if if you see, for example, IO uh, weight event type IO, and you can understand reading or writing, you already understand that you need to pay attention to your disk subsystem, maybe to upgrade your disks give more power more iops more throughput it's obvious or more cash it, like in pre, like oh, reducing yes. the load yes, on disks exactly yeah. good point you you can uh, attack it from this angle so you allocate more memory you increase shared buffers value to have bigger buffer pool and in this case less io is needed so also yep. good approach sometimes you need to combine them uh, if you see lock uh, wait event type and check which uh, lock event is uh, is there. So in this case, you just need to, <laughs> to to redesign your workload actually, right? So to get rid of long lock waiting. For example, very good trick is to use uh, select uh, for update either skip locked or no wait. So either you fail if in case of collision on some uh, lock acquisition for some row, for example, or you just skip those rows and for processing get next uh, available not yet locked this is good for parallelization of some batch processing for example if you see lightweight lock this is sometimes more maybe the trickiest part there are several lightweight locks it's about memory work with memory buffer pool and so on and sometimes uh, you need to optimize postgres itself sometimes as i've said in the 96 uh, big improvements happened but I would like to mention an interesting case I recently had with certain lightweight lock spikes. Still not solved, the work is ongoing, but what was there? Like we observed lightweight locks 
particularly uh, lock manager. It's called lock manager. And I just like had no idea originally what to do. And here I must say big thanks to the AWS team because they have very, very good documentation, which Postgres itself doesn't have. Postgres documentation in this area is very dry, right? So very limited, very like reference style. This very small description. Of course, you can go to source code and understand more, always. Even if you don't uh, understand C, you can read some comments and it's very helpful. If you search for a particular uh, log, wait event, I mean, no, sorry, wait event. Yeah. You can find, uh, or lightweight log as well, you can find inter- interesting uh, information. But AWS, RDS and Aurora documentation, I originally referenced only Aurora doc- documentation about wait events, but Aurora is more much more heavily modified Postgres. And uh, Jeremy Schneider from the AWS team uh, mentioned that RDS documentation also has it similarly, and it's closer to Postgres, so definitely. So you can check there what is written there, and they have more like how-to and explanation-style documents there for each log, maybe not all of them, but many of them. And if you check Log Manager, for example, they provide some example how to actually have it in synthetic environment. They also discuss why it's happening. They discuss some uh, constant in Postgres code which leads to it. They discussed fast path in PGST activity. There's a call in, PG, in PG logs, fast path and what it is, why it is and so on. And they provide some very, very useful tips how to get rid of this type of issue, this type of spikes. So they have more like practical knowledge there. And I wish Postgres documentation, original one, also be improved in this area. There's a big opportunity here. Yeah, I saw your conversation with Jeremy. I thought it was great. And I'm going to share, in fact, I already shared the link in my newsletter just earlier today. But um, I'm also going to share it in in the notes here. It's worth mentioning that the individual weight event types are clickable and you can dive into them for those like deeper oh um, yeah I, I, explanations. I usually underestimate this i like spending yeah. so much so many years in uh, the area of ux like social media and so on like i still sometimes miss this yes indeed it's not obvious that they are clickable and uh, there are gems inside yeah so, so yes you, you can click uh, any of those wait events and see a lot of info inside but usually google <laughs> provides good does good job uh, when you search for some wait event you can find aws stocks good point yeah and uh, worth mentioning uh, recently in seattle they had a meetup on this topic and jeremy as i understand jeremy w- cool. w- presented uh, wait event and performance uh, improvements uh, around this need to get them on postgres tv open talks unless it was recorded that's a good idea. Like, I will double check. The, I think it would be interesting to watch this talk if it's available online. And if it's not available, I should ask. So just a little bit kudos to AWS team for this wonderful documentation. And mm-hmm. uh, if you don't use AWS still, you can benefit from it as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anything else you want to make sure we covered? Well, maybe that's it. So sampling, poor man's approach works. Just sampling yep. in, a, in a loop to some small bash or in your code, in your Python, Ruby, Java, any code. PG weight sampling extension if you can afford it, or PG Sentinel uh, if you can afford it. 
and some monitoring. If you use just extension, you still need maybe some sampling or you need some scripts to analyze its, its content. It's good to visualize it. So you need to either put it to your existing monitoring, which can be a big task, or you need to use PGWatch to PostgreSQL edition, or you mentioned PGAnalyze. Also, PGSentinel, I think it's used in some, I don't remember name of monitoring. We will attach it to third monitoring option to have it. Or if you are RDS or Aurora user, you already, I'm 100% sure you know performance inside because they put it on the first page of everything. Like it's where query analysis starts for RDS users, but it's not so for regular Postgres users yet. I think it should be also improved. So PG statements are great, but they don't answer all questions sometimes. No, including these ones. Wonderful. Actually, vice versa, wait event analysis quite often does answer all questions as well. Yeah. You need both. It's the combination. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah. If you like uh, ad hoc tools, there is also Pesh Viewer yeah. available on GitHub, uh, also from some Russian developer. So there is a, it, it's a Java app. Uh, you can just download it and connect to your database and start having these performance insights like colorful graph with some details you can check and see exactly which event, weight event type, which event, which queries are, are involved. And, but you need to keep it open. So it's like an ad hoc tool. And finally, PG Center by another Russian developer, Alexei Lisovsky. This tool is more like console style, but it also has sampling for weight events. But more for folks which prefer console terminal over UI, graphical UI. So there are some ad hoc tools as well which can be helpful. Nice. But without sampling, well, good luck with, uh, with catching this, this, this knowledge from PG, PG set activity. So I hope uh, future Postgres versions will have some really cumulative metrics. I, I don't know if it will be a table, additional table with 100 plus columns or something else. Uh, and overhead is also a question, but I hope it will be created and inside it will become standard for for all Postgres uh, cases okay awesome I, thank you nicola thank you everybody i hope i told something useful for someone guaranteed i learned a lot as well yeah usual thanks to our listeners we see feedback we appreciate it a lot we also appreciate when you put likes to videos or to podcast systems you use and also, sh please share with your colleagues who need to optimize Postgres. They've had very interesting topic, I think, in my opinion, uh, related to query optimization. We had a query optimization topic in the past and monitoring. And now yep. we just had some kind of deep dive to one of the areas. I think if you deal with Postgres performance, you do need to understand this topic. So some interesting topic, I think. Okay, I, I hope I entertained also a little bit. At least I find this topic very useful. So please share with your colleagues uh, who you think uh, need it. Nice. And please vote on which, which episodes you find the most boring. <laughs> we need to have some, yeah. some charts. Like <laughs> most boring, less boring. Yeah. Okay. We already have how many? 30? I think this is episode 36. I need to 36. check. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Without any weeks missing. Not yet. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. As particularly, that's it's, it's always great to chat with you. Until next time, bye bye. Bye.